Stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Welcome to Spirit Katana, where um, oh, we three are journeying through the Gospel of Luke for now, um, and we'll explore other books later. Um, and we discuss what we've been reading. Uh, we go through eight chapters a week. And uh, um, I'm one of your hosts, Old Man. And we have... Jade Fire. And Ruby. All right. And now today we are starting with Luke 9 and going through Luke 16. So, starting off with Luke 9. Um... Jesus sends out um, his 12 apostles to do some work. Um, we also uh, have uh, Peter's infamous moment of uh, declaring who Jesus is. And, and then Jesus predicts his death. And then we even have the transfiguration of Jesus. Does there, uh, do you know what that is? That's when he's on the mountain and gets all glowy and super white and then um who is it two people appear by him moses mm -hmm. and elijah yeah moses and elijah and then jesus heals a demon possessed boy who keeps throwing himself in the fires and things so in chapter nine jade fire what what stood out to you i like how right off the bat um, we're going to start off right off the bat how Jesus gave them, gave his disciple, 12 disciples the power um, over all demons and to cure to diseases. That's the first part that stood out to me. Yeah, that's a pretty good part. That's pretty cool that they uh, have power and authority. How many disciples did Jesus have? 12. Are you sure? Yes. How about you, Ruby? How many disciples does Jesus have? I don't know. I know he has 12 apostles. He does have 12 apostles. There are many disciples. Six, 16? <laughs> we don't know how many disciples. We don't have a number. I always heard the 12 disciples. 12 I apostles. Right. They sound. They like are disciples of Jesus. But they, they, are... they sound the exact same to me, so... <laughs> Don't maybe, blame me. Maybe you should learn the difference between A and D, and that might help. A, B, C, D. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, no, um, yeah, they had um, that they could drive out demons and cure diseases. It's very cool. But was there anything else about him sending out the twelve that stood out to either of you? I just, I just thought it was really cool that he was able to, uh, uh, that they were able to heal the sick and cast out demons, and they would listen to them just like they listened to Jesus. 
I also thought it was kind of interesting how they were to take nothing mm. on their journey. Uh, they weren't supposed to take any bag, no extra clothes, no money, and then they would just stay in people's houses that would welcome them. And if they didn't welcome them, they were just supposed to leave that town and say peace, basically, and uh, which means they're just going to miss out on any blessings that the apostles could bring. Anything else in the sending out that you found interesting, anybody? Nope, well, okay. not really. So, um, Ruby, what's the next thing that stood out to you? This is one of my favorites, and it's Jesus Feeds Thousands. Hey, I circled that, too. Yeah? It must have been cooking all day, huh? <laughs> um, anything else besides just, you just like that he, like, what What exactly do you like about the fact that he fed the 5,000? Well, the fact that he only had five loaves and two fish, and he fed thousands with it, is just amazing it's a miracle and miracles are just really awesome i guess yeah mm-hmm. um and uh, um just a few days ago i'm pretty sure oh wait no or was it last sozo we watched a show called yesodo and it was about jesus feeds five thousand because yesodo is jesus and then his apostles or disciples whatever yesodo is jesus in the show. Bird version. <laughs> oh, bird version of Jesus. Gotcha. All right. Two acorns uh, and five fish. What? Oh, no, five five acorns and two fish. The other way around. And then we have Peter who says that uh, that the crowds think that Jesus could be a number of different people, like John the Baptist or even Elijah himself or one of the other prophets of long ago but brought back to life. But... Uh, but then Jesus asks, well, who do you say I am? And Peter answered, God's Messiah. So he knew who he was, didn't he? Or at least um, even John knew. He knew it wasn't him. And I'm pretty sure he knew his Jesus, where Jesus was and that it was him. Oh, you mean John the Baptist even knew that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. <laughs> I was like, yo, I have a feeling that um, John the Apostle probably, if not knew right away, eventually knew that. He was who he was. Yeah, I forgot he was a... Yes. A lot of jobs. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, something I highlighted in the chapter was in the section where he predicts his death. And um, that was, what, verses 23 through 25? Uh, 21 through 22. In my... No, I highlighted verses 23 through 25. Oh. Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? So, um, it seems kind of uh, counterintuitive to try to save your life and uh, somehow you're losing it, but if you lose your life, you save it. Doesn't seem to make sense, does it? Yeah, because no. if you try to save your life, you're not following Jesus, and then your life will end up in hell. But... If you die while trying to help Jesus, your life will end up in heaven. <laughs> That's how I think of it, yeah, and well, I underlined underlined that section. Mm, yeah, I'd also it's good I, section. It's just um, go ahead, Ruby. I'd also like to say that um, he, I think he prophesizes death a lot in mainly in Matthew. I should say I've read that book. Mm. 
Yeah, when he's talking about losing life and gaining life, he's actually talking about something other than just our life here on Earth, isn't he? He's talking about everlasting eternal life. I'm pretty sure he says, or it says Jesus foretells his death, like, three times. Yeah. And I just, I really like, specifically 25, where it talks about what good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self. Like, what's the point in gaining everything you want? If you're not even the person you wanted to be, and you're eventually going to die and not be with Jesus because you were just pursuing your own desires and needs, and well, not even needs, but just what you were just working for yourself and basically idolizing yourself, making you God to you. And mm. can we save ourselves from hell? No. Nope. Can we really truly bless ourselves? No. Nope. <laughs> we need God, don't we? Yes. Yeah. All right. Anything else in that section stand out to anybody? The prediction of death? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. The transfiguration, where they're up on the mountain and the cloud comes down and Jesus gets all sparkly. <laughs> okay, maybe not sparkly, but... <laughs> Sparkles. Anything there for you? I just think that's cool what you just said, I think. um, That's what I have underlined. Oh, when he... When, like, what specifically do you have underlined? Um, I have it when, uh, he began to glow until a blinding glory streamed from him. A radiant glory illuminated his entire body. His brightness became so intense that it made his clothing blinding white as multiple flashes of lightning. Mm, yeah, I always love the descriptions of God speaking or coming or appearing with lightning and thunder and things like that. It's just a very powerful and cool seeming thing. He just has control over it all, and that just seems all crazy. It's unimaginable. Yeah. Uh, what else stood out to you, Jade Fire, in the in this chapter? Do you have anything else underlined in the chapter? Jesus foretells his death again for the second time. I just kind of underlined every single section of Jesus foretells his death because I thought it would be neat to keep track of how many times he foretells his death. And how often do the um, apostles understand what he's talking about? Not, Not very. <laughs> exactly. They never understand what he's talking about. <laughs> In fact, let's see, let's see. Listen carefully to what I'm about to tell you. The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. But they did not understand what this meant. It was hidden from them so that they did not grasp it. And they were afraid to ask him about it. So, it's also interesting that the apostles were afraid to ask for clarification on things. They didn't want to seem... Well, I, I wouldn't be surprised if one of their motivations, and this doesn't necessarily say that, but uh, it was just like, well, I don't like want to look like I don't understand what our teacher's teaching us. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. Anyway. Um, I had something that stood out to me, kind of, and... Um, <clears throat> I think it's cool when he talks about the power of faith, and um, when this boy comes to Jesus, or his father asks to be healed, and uh, he says he that he begged the apostles, and they just couldn't do it. They didn't have enough power. I'm pretty sure it was the man who didn't have faith, not the apostles, right? Is that right? Yeah. Looks like the man is the one who did not believe. 
It's really interesting because we don't know for sure. Because he just says you unbelieving and perverse generations. So that's just a bunch of like that's the people that lived in that age, basically. Um, I suppose. I suppose. So it's hard to say who specifically might have been lacking the faith, and and like who knows? Maybe the disciples were driving things out, or the apostles were driving things out all over the place, and then they started to believe that they were the ones doing it instead of Jesus's power and God's power. And once it comes to that, then <laughs> then the demons are like, well, we don't recognize your authority. <laughs> yep. So, that's always a possibility. That was kind of a mistake Moses did back in the day, too, with um, the rock. Um, mm-hmm. He had gotten water out of a rock before, because God had told him to, but then the next time, um, Moses basically took credit for it. And his punishment was not getting to enter the promised land. Well, sort of. Didn't he get to, like, die in the promised land? He got to see the promised land from where he died. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Spoilers! Well, that's in the past, so... Yeah, but we're going to round her. Well, probably, but still. (laughs) Still, spoilers. Clips of the Bible all together make sense. (laughs) A lot of times when people talk about spoilers, if it's been out for a good ten years especially or whatever, people are like, um, uh, spoilers, comments, you're just going to have to be prepared for it if you haven't seen it or whatever. The Bible is a lot older than that. Oh, <laughs> yes. Am I right? Yes. Yes. Right. It's one of the oldest books. Anything else in chapter nine? Something else I underlined is when Jesus um, asked people or somebody to follow him. They're like, let me go say bye to my family and stuff. And um, he's like, no, just leave. Yeah. Uh, it, and like, I would believe that there might be times where he's okay with that. But I think he knew their hearts too. And they were looking for excuses and things like that. They weren't ready to just completely have faith that God would take care of their family. It's just like when people would gather manna during the Sabbath in the desert when God said, don't do that. And then they would all go bad because they weren't trusting God to provide enough for them for the day of rest. Mm-hmm. So we need to learn to trust God. And when he tells us to go do something, we should be ready to just do it. Yes. So chapter 10, uh, an interesting answer to a semi-answer to the question from before about how many disciples he has. Jesus sends out 72 more people, two by two ahead of him, to every town and place where he was about to go, to go um, help them be prepared for Jesus' coming. So there was at least 72 other people around him. Um, you says 72? It, mine does, yeah, why? Um, after this, the Lord Jesus formed 35 teams. Maybe teams is just, there's more than just one person in each team. 35 teams? Yes. And if it, does it say two by two? Oh. Yes. So, it's still not quite the same number. Yes. But it's very, very close. What's the number? I don't know, what is 35 plus 35? 70. Yeah, so my, I have a note in mind too that does say that some manuscripts um, say 70. 
which is also in verse 17. But, I mean, they're generally close. You know, he, if he only send out that mm. many among them, there must have been a few more, so. Right. There was between 70 and 72 people he sent out, at least. There could have been more with him. And once again, he says he's sending them out um, into dangerous places, it even sounds like, because he says, he says, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. Wolves will eat lambs, so he's putting them in danger, it sounds like. Um, and then he also tells them, don't take a purse or bag or sandals, and do not greet anyone on the road. I thought that was an interesting uh, additional comment to make. Where does that say that? Uh, verse 4. That is weird. Mine says don't get distracted by anyone on the road you might meet, so... And I have a feeling that might be what the what that's going off of, but... But what, if, but what about all the sick on the road? And what if, what about the demon-possessed people? Well, did Jesus heal every sick and demon-possessed person on the world while he was here? Guess not. Probably not. But still, shouldn't he help as many as he could? Depends. Depends on where their faith is at, too, right? Because mm -hmm. even if that one man did need um more faith, um, then maybe most of them didn't have enough faith. Because he even heals some people by not even getting anywhere near them. Somebody sends somebody and it's like, hey, you know, this person's sick and I, and I need... I know that you can heal them. He's like, go. You go back. He'll be well. Your faith is healed. <laughs> That's right. I remember, um, like, my daughter's, my daughter is dead or something. Or dying. He does go to that one personally and tells that person to get up. Oh. Well, there is one where he said, um, she is not dead. She is sleeping. Go yep. home and look. Uh, no, he, he goes to he the goes. home. Um, there's a different one where the master is, or a Roman soldier is asking about a servant, and yep. he didn't go to that house. Yep. And then what happens when the 70 or 72 return? They also talk about how demons submit to them in his name. So he, he didn't, like, I don't know if it specified earlier, but he also gave them the power to drive out demons and probably heal people, just like he did with the 12. Mm-hmm. Um, but were they supposed to talk about it, or is it was it okay? Well, they were going back. That's when they returned, and they were reporting to Jesus. Oh, okay. I'm, I that makes sense. I see. But even though that was super cool that they could drive out demons and heal people and all this stuff was so nifty to them, what did Jesus tell them about that? He said, "Don't rejoice." That you can drive out spirits, but rejoice that your name is written in heaven. That's what's really important. I would love to be told that I am definitely going to heaven, but I believe I am. I believe in him. Yep. Me too. Good. All right. Uh, does anything else pop out to you during chapter 10? The Good Samaritan. Always a good story. Yep. <laughs> Always okay. What about the Good Samaritan? Do you like? I just like the Good Samaritan story, like all of it. I have, I just have it circled. Yeah, but what? Well, what about it is so interesting to you? Why do you like it? 
because people from his own place don't care that he's uh, dying. But someone um, from the opposing town, well, because both towns were fighting each other, yep. someone from the opposite town stopped and helped him even though he was their enemy. I just treat your enemies as yourself. Yeah, and there was the people that would pass by on the other side. They were people like one was a priest. They were people that should have known better. Should have yes. helped out. Should have done something. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, chapter. What else in chapter ten? Nothing for me. I mean, I connected Jesus sends out the seventy-two and connected it with the return. Because mm-hmm. yep. those I are connected stories. Seventy, because it says seventy there actually. Yep. Um, I also have uh, the Martha and Mary situation, uh, where oh. Martha is distracted by all preparations. Yes. Um, and is all upset mm-hmm. uh, that Mary is spending time with Jesus. And I also think it's interesting coming right off of the Good Samaritan story because. Because of the VeggieTales version where they're talking about being so busy that they can't help others and do what what God wants them to do. Uh, yes. <laughs> and then we have Martha being too busy. Dreadfully busy. <laughs> She's like, command my sister to come help me. And it's not that we aren't supposed to do uh, works and stuff like that. You know, like there are things we're to be good stewards over and do what God calls us to do and things like that, but if Jesus isn't in your house, go listen to him. Yeah. But we should also be able to put things down when there are more important things mm-hmm, than him. Mm-hmm. I know even sometimes mom has done that with uh, your guys' schooling. There was uh, more stuff you were supposed to go through one day, but you guys had so many things you wanted to talk about about the section you were in, of whatever book it was. And she was frustrated at first and wanted to get you guys to all just stop. <laughs> But she realized that because you weren't going to make it through all the material she had originally planned to go through. But then she realized just it was so much more important to engage you guys where you were at. Because it was, I don't even remember what one it was. But it's just, it was a good thing though. Yes. It was probably with your science or something, I don't remember. Anyway, moving on to Luke 11. What do you guys think about... Jesus is teaching on how to pray. I underlined the prayer. So do you think when we pray that is it, we have to just pray those words every time? That's what we gotta do. Uh, no. Pray what's on your heart. Well, he said to them, when you pray, say this. I mean, you can say that as well, but like, that's different. Different, different. Because there's other stuff in life that, I mean, he probably knew about, but... He couldn't just say it to every single person. I mean, it would be really, really cool if he, in one section of the Bible, he called out every person to be his name. Like, every single person. That, but that would just make the book, the Bible, <laughs> as tall as a house. Um, what's Maybe a model taller. prayer? A model prayer? What does it say? Oh, uh, it says, One day as Jesus was in prayer, one of his disciples came over to him as he finished and said, Would you teach us a model prayer? 
Interesting. Is that like a every time prayer? No, a model would be like, this is what prayer looks like. This is the kind of what you should try to emulate here and pray like. Oh, okay. Mine does not call it a model prayer. It just says, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Did we want to go over what the prayer said? No, no, it's fine. Um, uh, not exactly. I mean, we don't have to read it, but um, I was just like, there's a lot in there that are things that you should definitely be thinking about. A lot of it, though, like just yes. recognizing and praising God for who He is. You know, hallowed be Your name. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just asking for the needs that we have, and for forgiveness, confessing mm-hmm. to Him specifically um and then just you know asking for him to protect our souls and so that we don't become tempted things like that lead us not into temptation deliver Mm. us from evil yep although mine doesn't say the deliver us from evil part here oh um and also just a reminder that we are to forgive others because we are forgiven forgive us as we also forgive everyone who sins against us yep all right. What else? Uh, what What else stood out to you? I mean, I don't think I'd call it standing out to me. I just like the return of an unclean spirit. When the, the unclean spirit. Well, what verse? Twenty-four. Two. When the unclean spirit it has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places, seeking rest. And finding none, it says, I will return to the my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house swept and put in order. Then it goes and brings seven other spirits more evil than itself. Um, That part actually seemed really weird. Because how would he gather spirits that were eviler than itself when they gather him uh it's more of a so it, the idea i think is that you have this evil spirit that was p- pushed out of somebody right mm-hmm. through prayer or whatever mm-hmm. and things are put in order and stuff and then after he finds no good place to go, he's like, well, I'll just go back to that person, but because I got driven out, well, I'll get some backup. Mm. And, like, for example, like, if you got into a fight, let's say with one of your siblings, who do you go to? Mom and Dad. And bring them into it, don't you? Yes. So you, and wouldn't you, wouldn't, isn't that because they're bigger and stronger or more powerful or have more authority yes mm-hmm. so it's not that strange that it would gather some that are even eviler or stronger and like it's all swept clean and put in order but it didn't have anybody living there it's part of the problem there's no holy spirit we need the holy spirit we need jesus there don't we mm-hmm. well, jesus um, is more so the son the holy yeah, ghost then... is what you need well and it says they They'll will enter, one. they enter and oh, dwell there. The last Jesus day of, the the, of that person is worse than the first. Yeah, well, it would be worse to have a bunch of evil spirits in you than just one. 
How about you, Ruby? Something else stand out to you in this chapter? I think it was uh, where they talk about... Um, where it talks about how uh, Queen of Sheba, she journeyed from a far and distant land to listen to the wisdom of King Solomon, and then one greater than Solomon slash Jesus um, uh, is trying to talk to them today, at, or that day, and they refused to listen when they were, like, begging to listen to King Solomon, and then yeah. it goes to Jesus, and they're like... Yeah, people from yeah. all across the world, uh, important people, would come to listen to Solomon because he was full of God's wisdom, because King Solomon actually prayed for that. Yes, he wasn't completely um, full because... Jesus is wiser than him, and was it, you know, right, 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 like right. That? I didn't. He wasn't. He didn't have complete wisdom. He was just full of godly wisdom. He didn't yes. say he had all of it, and he definitely became proud and made some very, very foolish mistakes. Um, um, wasn't he the guy who had the dream? Um, when he became king, uh, God asked him, "What, what do you want?" Um, and he said, "I want to be wise." Or Am I talking about somewhere else? I don't remember. I, he might have had a dream. I actually don't remember that part of it. But he did ask. Yeah, when God asked him what he wanted, he said he wanted to be wise. And then God gave him everything else. God did give him a lot, yes. Do you know who Solomon's father was? No. Uh, no. I well, don't since think. he's a king, it was most likely another king. David! Yes, King David. I was just about to say that, Do actually. Do you know who Solomon's mother was? Do you know what terrible thing is written in the Bible about King David? Mm, that he had a terrible wife? <laughs> no! I don't remember the wife's name, but I believe King David had... Uh, there was a beautiful lady he saw, and uh, he uh, had sex with her, and she got pregnant, and then... Uh, father was still around or not father but husband was still around and so he put him in the very very front of a battle like away from the rest of the people and then uh, um so that he was killed and then he married the wife but i don't i don't know the name yep i remember the whole story but not the name and that was solomon's mother so it's very interesting how we get some of the Important people in the Bible come from some pretty shady backgrounds. And you know, that line does eventually lead to... Jesus? Yes. <laughs> oh yeah! We should know from the last time. It, it leads up there. It yep. even shows. So... Boy. Let me go see if I can find one. But yes, um, King Solomon was a very wise person. And yet, of course, the source of that wisdom was God. And so, so Jesus mm -hmm. is definitely much wiser than Solomon. Um, and yeah, people don't want to listen to him. But he's also not, like, for one, people were expecting, you know, their savior to be some glorious king or conquering military leader or something like that. And mm -hmm. instead they have this humble man. <laughs> and they're like, no, this doesn't, this doesn't make sense. <laughs> no sense. And when he says things about, you know, losing your life to gain your life, people are like, that's just nonsense, not wisdom. But it was wisdom, wasn't it? Yes. 
I thought it was uh, my one of the parts I found interesting in this chapter was when Jesus is teaching about how somebody goes to their friend or whatever and just keeps knocking like they're already in bed or the door's locked or whatever. And they're like, hey, I really need some bread. Was it bread? I think it was bread. Yeah, lend me three loaves of bread. I think mine says food, but I'm the, not either sure way, it is. food. What verse? Uh, it's verses like five through thirteen. But because of your shameless audacity, like you, you went ahead and asked for this, even though it wasn't um, proper to go banging on somebody's door at this time of night or whatever like that. But you were willing to ask, and then so they do go and get you that bread and get you to be quiet and go away, so they can go back to sleep. <laughs> so I can let my have my beauty rest. But it was just a point that we should be willing to seek out God and ask God for things. Because he is the giver um, of all that we have. Oh, that is good. Um, I would have thrown the bread right at their face and said, <laughs> go away. <laughs> and then he he also illustrates that with like being a father or whatever. Um, like, which of your fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if Ooh. he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? Hmm. And ev- if you then, though you are evil... You have sin, you know. Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in Heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So it doesn't mean that if we ask God for a new car, we're just going to get it. <laughs> no. But it does say you if have we to ask... Work for it. Well, no, but what does it say? Father in Heaven, how much more will your Father in Heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Yes, and the eternal That's life, the, the Holy Spirit, yes. I guess, is the yep. eternal life, you know. Yeah, and if um, God gives, gives you a shovel, you can't just lean on it and ask for a hole. <laughs> also, like, uh, the very end, where uh, the Pharisees, yeah, of chapter 11, uh, where the Pharisees um, start, like, hitting him with all kinds of questions and are trying to catch him in what he's saying and try to trip him up um, with his own words and stuff, which was a futile experiment because <laughs> <laughs> everything he says is going to be accurate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and usually it made them look pretty bad instead. I think it's interesting how he constantly calls them hypocrites. Or maybe not in this chapter, but he definitely calls them hypocrites a decent amount. Do you know what a hypocrite is? Some jerk. <laughs> a hippo. Nope. That's up a crick. Nope. It's, hippo- it's hypocrite, not hypocrick. <laughs> I also, in chapter 12, think it's interesting that he warns against hypocrisy. Hypocr- hypocrisy. Yes. And so he warns against the Pharisees. So a hypocrite is somebody who tells people how they should be living and doing things and all that but doesn't do it themselves Uh i've never done anything like that (laughs) (laughs) all right um i like in 12 um four through five just the reminder of um what we should actually be scared of or not even scared of, but what should we, we should actually fear. It says, I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that can do no more. But I will show you whom you should fear. 
Fear him who, after your body has been killed, has authority to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. So who should we fear? God. That is correct. Mine, I've underlined, says, don't fear those who may take your life. And I just think that's interesting because, like, they they can't take the Holy Spirit from you. You shouldn't be afraid to die and you shouldn't be afraid to live. Because either... And because if you believe in Jesus, you'll go to heaven. And if you're on earth, you get to preach about Jesus. And more people will go to heaven and live with Jesus. So you shouldn't be afraid to die. And you should be happy. You should be happy if you live and happy if you die. That's pretty much what I'm trying to say. The wisdom of Jade Fire. And, uh, okay, so chapter 12. What's something else that stood out to you, Jade? I circled the parable of the rich fool because I circled every parable. Okay, what about the parable of the rich fool did you like? I think he I wasted was... his money, kind of like in Richie Rich. He just bought everything he, he thought he would like. Because of the parable of the rich fool, he broke down his old barns to build bigger, better ones, um, which probably cost him a ton of money because he used money to pay for those other barns. Why don't just build more? No, that's actually not the problem. The problem is he was spending so much energy and effort into building and so he could have more and more stuff so he could just take it easy later by having so much wealth. But all that effort was put into building the stuff without ever enjoying it, because he was going to enjoy it later. But he was dead. He was going to die before then. So he was so focused on just being wealthy that he never got to enjoy life. And yeah, it's basically just a idea of to not be so focused on worldly gain. And that comes from actually somebody else speaking up in that crowd. And yep. Go ahead. And uh, saying. Uh, Master, you should uh, compel my brother, which I believe means tell him to do something. Yep, mine actually does say, tell my brother. (laughs) To divide the family inheritance and give me my fair share. Jesus answered, my friend, who made me a judge or arbiter over you? Speak to the people, Jesus continued. Be alert and guard your heart from greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Life doesn't is not about having all the stuff and having more stuff than other people or having your quote-unquote fair share. <laughs> <laughs> and it caused the brothers to, or at least one brother, to be angry with one brother because he's like, hey, tell him to divide inheritance with me. And if the other brother was being selfish too, then he was causing strife as well. So they were all acting out of greed. Mm-hmm. And it was mm-hmm. a wasted effort because where's all that wealth going to go? Where's all that inheritance going to go in the end? Nowhere. Nowhere. Except, Where are you going? Nowhere. Except to worldly possession hell. <laughs> okay. <laughs> The strange thoughts of Jade Fire. <laughs> and yeah, along those same lines, we have, um, just like with the, the death, like, don't be afraid of those who can kill your body. And mm-hmm. don't worry about mm-hmm. 
possessions on earth. Uh, we have verses 22-23. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. And then he even brings up um, the ravens and things, and how they're taken care of, and we're so much more valuable than birds. Yes. And then, who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? And since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Because worrying don't... doesn't make our lives longer. It doesn't do anything. Like, worry just makes things worse, I yep. would say. If anything, it would shorten your life. This is true, actually. Because <laughs> if you... If a lot you... of stress can cause uh, sickness and ailments and even damage your heart and stuff and could eventually shorten your life if you worry too much. And it can't add a single hour onto your life. But it can subtract hours from your life. Yep. Um or you could worry or like worry aloud so much that people just like if the entire world was like shut up or we'll kill you and then eventually they'll kill you. Well that escalated. Um <laughs> But also, Blood. this section actually yeah. brings up Solomon again, because consider how the wildflowers grow. They don't labor or spin. They don't do anything. They're just flowers, right? Yeah, they just... Yet, I tell you, not even Solomon, in all his splendor, because you know he was dressed pretty sharp, because he was super rich. He was a very rich king. Um, not even Solomon, in all his splendor, was dressed like one of these, meaning the wildflowers. They're so pretty, I mean... They are super pretty, right? The question I had out of this whole context is, uh, was there ever winter in back then when Jesus was around? Was there cold? Was there really hot? Or was it just spring mixed with fall? <laughs> uh, there was definitely seasons and stuff, but you know how... The closer you live to the equator, the warmer everything is all the time. Yes. So even when it gets cold, it'll be cold to them. But if you live in colder climates, it's actually not that bad. Yeah. All right. Chapter 13. What do you got, Jade? Anything? A woman with a disabling spirit. Now, now um, he was teaching one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a disabling spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not fully straighten herself. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said to her, Woman, you are freed from your disability. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight. Yeah, that's just the part that I thought interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The Jewish leaders weren't so happy about that. They were not, were they? <laughs> Why? Why were they upset? It's Sabbath, so you have to obey all the rules on Sabbath and you can't heal. Yeah, healing is a work, isn't it? In their oh, mind, at least. Yes. It's like, I've got nothing to better to do, I guess, right now. And what does is, what is the Lord call them? Um, hypocrites? Hypocrites! Because doesn't each of you... On the Sabbath, untie your ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water. 
So they still help out their animals even. So what's wrong with healing somebody who's been crippled for 18 years? Yeah, like, just stupid. How about you? Anything you highlighted in 13? Oh, here's something I found interesting. When I started to read about this, um, uh, where Jesus sorrows for Jerusalem, and it starts to talk about how he's this, how Jerusalem has so many awful people and stuff, I didn't catch on right away that that meant, like, he sorrows for them because they're going to go to hell. I was like, why do you sorrow for them if they're just bad people? Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, so, where is this? Towards the end? or? Uh, oh, yeah. yes, yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, so, yeah, he just feels bad for, like, it's sad to see people hurt themselves and make poor decisions. Yeah. Have you, like, in your life, have you ever seen somebody make poor decisions and get themselves in trouble or um, end up getting hurt and feeling bad for them? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally for me, because I have a very, very fragile heart. <laughs> um, And so, yeah. And God created people. He loves them. He wants them to all accept his son and be saved. But they don't all do that, do they? I mean, I'm sure there were some in Jerusalem that, you know. Because part of his plan involves, you know, free will. So not everybody's going to choose Jesus. Yeah. Did you highlight anything else? I actually didn't highlight anything in that chapter. You just hate that chapter. I didn't hate the chapter. I find it very interesting. I just, nothing stood out to me this time when I was reading it for nothing whatever reason. Nothing was amazing or something no, it was, like that. No, it's a lot of good stuff. I just, I didn't have any thoughts, I guess, on it, so. Nothing to share. Um, start on this one? Chapter 14. Yeah, I have one thing highlighted in this chapter. Um, is it, does it's it, first. is it Sabbath related? No. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. It's another one of those weird things, but anybody who tries to save their life loses it, and anybody mm-hmm. who loses their life for Jesus and saves like, it. And like last time we did this, those who are poor, you'll be rich? Or something like that? Those who are poor are rich in heaven, and those who are rich gain nothing. Something like that. Yeah. I don't Kinda know like what that, that is. I just the opposite it. direction. So you're saying we can't be rich, otherwise we'll <laughs> no. be poor in heaven? Nope, 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 nope. No, okay. Okay, no, um, just... it's mainly the poor um, will probably believe in Jesus, but they could have reasons like, we're so poor, Jesus doesn't care about us at all, or something like that. To, and the rich are like, we don't want to leave all this splendor and amazement. Nah, we're good. But it would more so be the poor are willing to give up what they don't have <laughs> to go to heaven and the rich have to give up what they do have to go to heaven. So, anyway, with the verse I highlighted, do understand it. Like, if you exalt yourself, you'll be humbled. Uh, it's 11. 14, 11. Jade? For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. No one doesn't really make much sense. Do you know what humbled means? I think so. 
What does it mean? Um, kind of like you're holy or something. No. Okay. You know what humbled means. Um, that's a hard one to describe. Um, yeah, I don't know how to describe it. Not proud, like. Yeah. It, proud is where you're like, I've got everything. I don't need him, whatever. Humble is like, I know I have a lot, but like, I don't have everything. I need Jesus. Right. Uh, That's to be, how I describe it. To humble oneself is to recognize that you might not know everything. You might not be the best. And you're, even if you did do really well, you don't need to flaunt it and put other people down with it with your arrogance or pride or by exalting yourself. Um, and talking so highly about yourself, it's talking more lowly about yourself and not, like, making a big deal about your accomplishments because whose accomplishments are they, really? Jesus is God! And so, if you spend your time talking about how great you are, you're most likely going to be brought down and made to feel humble when somebody else ends up doing better or calls you out on a lie about you exalting yourself or anything like that. And if nothing else, God will humble you. Um, and those who humble themselves and don't bring up those things, other people bring them up, it's actually will end up exalting them too. Yeah, because they'll be like, you're doing good because you're not bragging. You can go up there. <laughs> but it's more of a, but like in a, like a worldly example, if you um, aced your test, and you didn't even bring it up. You're just like, hey, you know, yeah, I did okay or whatever. I think I did good or whatever. And but then somebody else is coming by and being like, yeah, this guy just totally aced it. He did phenomenal. Not a question wrong. And so everybody's gonna like, oh, way to go. But if you're like, oh yeah, I aced it. I'm the best. You all suck. Boom. <laughs> and you then aced some, it. And then somebody else tells it. it's like you actually got a, two questions wrong. This person got zero wrong. And they're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm not excellent. And you're just gonna annoy people. <laughs> nobody, nobody likes that. They might be scared. If nothing else, maybe nobody did do better in the test, and they just punch you in the face, and then you fall down crying, and <laughs> it's pretty humiliating. <laughs> All right. So that was what I had highlighted in fourteen. Okay. Um, I had the healing of a man on Sabbath. You just like people healing on Sabbath. <laughs> I mean, it's good. And it kind of oh. sounded, and it kind of like the section I used to read for our Shabbat, um, where a guy needed help getting into a pool, blah, blah, blah. Verse 5 of that actually is um, interesting. Jesus said to them all, if one of your children or one of your animals fell into a well, wouldn't you do all that you could to rescue them? On the Sabbath, like, and we are God's children, um, and so it's interesting, because, like, Jesus is just healing God's children, and he is God, so he's healing his children, helping his children on Sabbath. Getting them out of the sick well. Yeah, it's interesting with this, because, like, once again, he healed on the Sabbath, people are upset, and he once again points out, wouldn't you do these things on the Sabbath yourself? And... 
This time, in particular, the Pharisees were specifically watching, waiting to see if he would do something like this. And so Jesus even asked a question, which they refused to answer. Because they were too prideful. Oh, yeah. They're like, we didn't do anything wrong. You... We don't do Ruby, anything. do you have anything highlighted? That's or was I that vice? Oh, you. first five of that whole section? Sorry. Nice. Sorry. That was my highlight. I didn't realize you were just... I thought you were just discussing things he was discussing. All right, we'll move on to chapter 15. Oh, yes! Oh. Parables. Okay, so Ruby really likes chapter 15. I love all three parables. Okay, besides circling the titles of parables, what did you like about this chapter? The Jade. parables. <laughs> Obviously. Which was your favorite parable? The prodigal... Project, how do you pronounce it? <laughs> prodigal. Prodigal. The prodigal son. Um, partly because on the same day we watched the Yesido video, um, we watched another video called The Parables. And this is the one we watched. Where Yellow goes out with a bunch of money and comes back. And Red is like, why don't I get a party? And they aren't sons, they're workers for this guy, and so... Yeah. Yeah. Practically the same, though. Um, and what guy. does the parable of the lost son, or the prodigal son, tell us about God? Mm. Um, that God rejoices that so someone, one of his children, goes off and strays, like a sheep from his, its herd. Yeah, um, we're, not, we're not talking about that parable. I'm bringing it into the I, story. I understand. Um, and he rejoices that he found, or his lost son was found. That, so sinners who were a sinner, kind of like our uncle, he was lost, or he was found, lost, and found again, right? Sort of, I think, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because he believed in Jesus for a while, right? Yeah. And then... He always claimed to. And then he stopped believing for a little bit? But he strayed down a sinful path. Yes. And then he was found again. Because you could argue that the prodigal son never disbelieved in his father. Obviously his father existed, right? Yeah. He just chose to live for himself. Yes. And then he went back to the father. Because he... Knew that he'd done wrong. And what was the father doing that whole time? Waiting. Watching. For him to come back. So God is is always waiting and watching and wanting us to come back if we have gone down. So it doesn't matter how far we've gone. We could be all the way down with the pigs like the sun, right? Mm-hmm. And he will still welcome us back. We could go, like, let's say, Mount... At the top of Mount Everest is God, and then there's a hole all the way down to the crust of the earth, and it's just one giant slant. God's at the peak. Even if you roll all the way down and then climb all the way, like, because you sin, every roll is a sin, basically. You're all the way at the bottom. He will always accept you if you climb all the way back up. Like, he'll show you the way. But he won't help you. He'll, or I mean, he will help you by showing you the way. Um, he just won't just like 
carry you up the hill. Do you think you can get up out of that pit by yourself? I mean, if I climb eventually, no. No, not not an not an analogy about God. You cannot climb out of a pit of despair and sin by yourself. You need him mm-hmm. to and, show the way. You, not just to show. He will bend down and help you out. Like hang on. He will to my pluck hand. you right out of it. All you have to do, like his hand is down there reaching for you. All you have to do is take it. Because mm-hmm. we are saved by him. We don't save ourselves, remember? We talked about that earlier. Mm-hmm. We can't. <laughs> can't, can't. That's why I said that he will guide the way. Not just pick you up and carry you. No, he'll he'll carry you. You just have to let him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can't struggle. Because yes, the further you continue down a dark path, the harder it will be to be willing to take that hand. It's all you have to do, but it becomes harder and harder to do. Because you don't want to, because you're so used to living for yourself. Kind of like the whole conscience thing. I think you've talked to your grandma about this before. Um, About um, the first time you do something wrong, then the second time is a little bit easier. And the third time is a little bit easier. As you sear your conscience. What about you, Ruby? What's your favorite of the parables? Hmm. All of them. Pick one. And if it's also the prodigal son, you can admit that and then say what's your second favorite. <laughs> Alright, prodigal son, then parable of the last coin. I lost mean, coin. it's okay. pretty much the parable of the lost lamb, but it's the lost coin. I like coins. So, what do you like about it? Um, or what does it tell us about God? That if he finds one lost child, or one lost sinner, like... If he finds one more, he will, like, rejoice and celebrate. Like, there's another one that's with me. I'm so happy. Come rejoice. Yeah, each parable in here is an illustration of how God is watching and looking and wanting to find that lost one. He's watching and looking, and then he's celebrating and rejoicing. And he celebrates and rejoices. I mean... He loves us that much. I mean, I wouldn't, like... Hey guys, I found my lost coin. Come celebrate with me. I wouldn't be like that. It's I mean, I'd be like, Yay, I found my lost coin! Um, I can tell you for sure, Jade, that if you had been looking for something for ages, even if we didn't know about it, once you found it, you would tell us about it. Yeah, Very I would, excitedly. I would tell you about it, but... That I is a form of celebration. Ask you to come celebrate with me. You would hope that we are as excited as you are. You want us to be excited, don't you? But I wouldn't ask you. You are asking by telling us about it. No, I am not. Yes, you're wanting and hoping for it. Shut up! We know you. Alright, chapter 16. Final one. Oh, wait. Oh. Well, the other one was just the parables, which we talked about. So. We're making a very good time. Not much. Not, no. no. Really? Nothing for either of you, huh? I mean, I, the parable, but... Okay, well then, I will cover what I thought was interesting. Wait, oh, yeah, oh man, I forgot about you. <laughs> Alright, so for me, uh, let's see, I highlighted nine, verses 9 and 10 in Luke 16. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves, so that when it's gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much, and whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. And so there's just a couple of interesting things there, I thought, is that 
Yeah, we're not supposed to be like lovers of money, pursuing it all the time. And if you have it, use it. Use it to make friends even. Like a lot of times you think that people are using you by being friends with you because you have money or whatever. But it's like, no. This... That reminds me. Be kind to people. Aww. Store up treasures in heaven. So I just find that really good and a good... Because if you love money too much, you're probably not going to spend it a lot on your friends or other people. Yeah, that's like... So that follows should, that um, line of thinking. Give it to the poor or something. But yeah, like spend it with your friends and stuff and not like just on yourself. Like buying this big mansion and all your food and your yep. like fancy food. Fancy this reminds me. Everything. Like, like that. And then I just also really like 10 with whoever can be trusted with very little can be trusted with much. Like... It's just uh, so you can know to look at people. And it's also just a good way to, like, help rebuild trust, even. If if it's been broken, you can trust them with a little bit. And then if they're trustworthy with that little bit, like, you ask them to go do something or can you help out here or whatever, and they say they're going to be somewhere and they are, then you can, like, take the next step and trust them a little bit more and a little bit more. But if they're going to be untrustworthy over just the simplest things, then how can you trust them with bigger things? You know what I mean? It's a, it would be a very risky thing to be doing. So it's just some good wisdom there. Did you have something you want to say? People taking it... About the part of people taking advantage of their friend... Or... Friend? Um, so to speak. Um... Just to get their money. That reminds me of a book my grandma has. And... Uh, this is a different grandma. It's like the rich bean or something. Like, he has so much money. He has, like, two of everything, including two pets. And he just basically bought friends. And he went to the worst beans first, and they're like, Yeah, thanks for the money, bro. Um, just, they weren't actually his friends. They were taking advantage of him. Because he was desperate for some friends. And then he created friends, like, would you, well, a bean asked him, would you like play ball with me? And he's like, sure, how much? And she's like, nothing silly. That's what true friends are like. Like, you don't have to pay them to be your friend. Right. Also, finally, with the final parable here with uh, the rich man and Lazarus, I really like the end of it specifically because it talks about, like, the rich man's like, hey, 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 hey. Send Lazarus or you know, to warn my family so they don't succumb to the same fate I did and all this. But he said to him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. Because he's like, oh, he's so sure that if Lazarus comes back from the dead to tell them these things or whatever, then they'll listen, right? And they're like, no. If you couldn't even listen to Moses, Moses, what the heck? <laughs> Moses and the prophets. You're not going to listen to somebody who comes back from the dead. You're going to find some excuse not to listen to that either, or that it's some thing. And I also find it interesting that this is a parable Jesus is telling. And what is he going to do? He is going to come back to life from the dead, and people are still, today, not listening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because so if it was a true story, it'd be like, look at those people. They ain't listening. It just probably think that his people are better or something. All right. Well, that's a wrap up. What did you learn to apply to your life from these chapters? Don't spend your or don't spe focus on stuff for when you're for later. 
Don't focus on worldly things. Focus on heavenly things. Don't focus on storing up your treasures here on earth, but storing them up in heaven. So I was kind just of, about to say that. What kind of... Well, I think she was helping you along as well as agreeing with you with her mm-hmm. application. Yes. See, I'm, I'm very smart. <laughs> Wait. Uh, no, you're the that. old I'm man. I was exalting myself. Sorry. Um, so what, what would constitute worldly possessions? Video games. Um... What worldly things do you sometimes get too hung up on? Um, or if somebody were to take them, or you were to lose some of it by accident, you would feel so devastated, and it would throw you off, and you wouldn't even be thinking about God. But yes, I I would agree uh, with you on the video games thing. That is be- That does become quite a stumbling block at times. Yep. Last night, I was, like, staying up trying to go to sleep, but I couldn't because I wanted to stay up, and and I realized nothing would happen if I stayed up because the laptop has a timer for me, and I don't know your password, so, and, like, I don't know the computer password, and the Switch is in your room, and people would hear if I turned on the TV, and if they woke up, it'd be really hard to make it look like nothing happened. As like just and you shouldn't even be thinking about those things. You should be fo- correct. focused on the fruits of the spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but that is part of the reason we do that. We lock those things out to help you avoid those temptations. That's our way of helping guide you t- to a better path. Because <laughs> I don't want to have to just take away the electronics and video games from your life completely. No, 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 no. But if you're going to make it your god, then it needs to go. Yes, it needs to go. And, like, it needs to go. <laughs> like, yep. it needs to go. So if you have no possessions that you're worried about, what is your application really then? Because uh, it needs to be something you like to apply to your life that maybe you're not already. Focusing more on reading the Bible and stuff, I... Sometimes just get bored or something reading the Bible, and it's a pretty cool book, and I just need to focus more on it. It can be difficult, especially if you're being told you have to read it, which currently you guys have part of your school, so it is a requirement for you Mm -hmm. to read things. And when you're required to do things, sometimes it becomes harder to do, even if it is good. That reminds me of a YouTube short. Um, A a kid was like, I'm going to be a good kid and do the dishes without having to be told. And just before he starts... Um, his mom comes in and says, do the dishes. And then he's like, I don't do the dishes anymore now. Like yeah. It- yeah. And then also, um, it can be rough sometimes, especially if you know a lot of the stories that you're already reading. And so it's like, I already know these. Why am I reading them again? Mm-hmm. I could be doing learning something new. Mm-hmm. Now, that isn't to say there isn't always something new to learn. Like, I'm sure <laughs> some things popped out we've, in our discussion even now. Mm-hmm. But it can be tricky. Mm-hmm. And... I feel like it's a lot to read, and it takes a while. Yeah. We, mm. we decided to start with a book that has very long chapters and read two chapters at a time. It can be um, a little daunting, yes. Yeah, but somehow I still got ahead. Like, Good. I still started reading ahead, so I only had to read one chapter one day. I'm guessing I just read three by accident one day because I didn't mm. see the big number. Yeah, I, you know. And then... Honestly, I read on my phone, so I have to hit a button to go to the next chapter, but sometimes I'm so involved in the reading that I don't realize You're that pressing I... pressing the button. 
that I just moved on and just kept on going. Because a lot of times I go to the next one so that I can highlight it and bookmark it and everything. But then I'm like, I just start reading anyway. And I just end up reading an extra chapter or two. And I'm like, oh! <laughs> but I was, I was very appreciated that I read an extra chapter. Because I was able to get done and start looking for the kids' film again. Ah, yeah. Like, I just spent, like, pretty much one whole day just for looking for the kids' film. Because I really wanted to play video games again. I'm like... <laughs> yep. What's my aspiration? I don't even know. Um. Punishments. <laughs> punish my children more. Got it. I like it. <gasps> no, no. I meant, I meant, oh, I meant punish maybe everyone besides me. <laughs> I think, I think the biggest part maybe like it wasn't necessarily explicitly stated about um pride. Like we're supposed to humble ourselves. Um, and not exalt ourselves, and I'm not. I don't know if I'm necessarily trying to exalt myself, but just recognizing that there could be um, flaws in my own logic or my own research and things like that, and just like not thinking I know it all already, and so therefore not studying more on different mm -hmm. subjects or on the Bible or anything like that. Um, and so, yep, I, I think that's. I think that's my application. I already was doing a lot of that yesterday. <laughs> I felt the. Uh, I felt compelled to um, do a lot more research on biblical topics and stuff. And so I uh, went through a lot of sermons while I was working um, yesterday. Good. Yeah, no, it was good. I had hours and hours of sermons. It was a very it was a very biblical day yesterday. But that's a good thing. Um, yes. Now, granted, we're not called to just only build up our knowledge. Um you don't have to do that. It's just you. I mean, it's good for you. It's but just, just not like... It's most, I was mostly just trying to seek out where I might be misstepping mm. in things. So, Because I don't want to... I would like to walk as straight a path to Christ as possible. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, I will continue working on that some more. Mm -hmm. And not be too proud. Alright. Would you... Pray for us for our closing, Jade Fire. Um, sure. Dear God, thank you for this time I get to spend with Ruby and Old Man. Um, help us have a wonderful time tonight and tomorrow and until the next recording, which is like tomorrow or the next day or something like that is going to be very close. Um... Help us have a wonderful time. Amen. <laughs> Amen.